Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. A pleasant good Tuesday morning to each and every one of you. I'm Tom Brenneman filling in for Paul Friction. We had, a, we had a fun time yesterday. You had a big time lineup yesterday. I mean, my son, the first thing he says to me, he says, Dad, did you check out Paul? He might take your job. <laughs> Luke. So Luke watched the show yesterday? He was all over you. He said, man, the guy is, is on his game. Oh, hang on a second here. He said he's on his game. Good. I'm glad he enjoyed it. Yeah, we had some fun yesterday. It was a good show. Absolutely. Casey, Paulie, good morning, man. Good morning. Good to be back with you. Casey, you got all your Reds guard. Does that mean you're headed to the old ballpark tonight? I'm not. I'm just wearing it to support them on game one versus the Mets. Really? That's all. Yeah. I mean, I'm only wearing the hat. Uh, What about the Viking hat? Where does that stand right now as far as good luck or or bad luck is concerned? Where does that stand? Have you been um, paying attention to the record? They lost two of three over the weekend. I don't think it is bad or good because it's like 500. Okay, well, I mean, 500 is an improvement for their overall record. Yeah. Right? Right. So I guess I can – I'm going to wear it today and see if it does anything. Tom, I should point out that we we nominated Casey for the chat power rankings yesterday. So he's in charge for the week. So if you see people being overly nice to Casey, I said you – you gotta <laughs> I suck was up wondering to, <laughs> why he's all over the jack. You got to suck up to Casey this week because he's the one that's in charge of the rankings. So I'm just, just giving you a little oh context here for the, for the rankings on the I, week. I've told people I don't like fake people. He did say that. What so does it, that mean, fake people? How, how do you, you mean just because now all of a sudden they're buttering you up a little bit on the chat? Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't, I don't want to be buttered up. Okay. Well, I don't know who doesn't want to be buttered up, but. That's neither here nor there. We welcome you, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10A to 12P Eastern Time. You can follow us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. And always find us in podcast form. Just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. And you're dialed in. Talked about the Reds. They had the day off yesterday after losing two of three over the weekend to the White Sox, including that clubbing on Sunday afternoon. Now, all of a sudden, The biggest spenders in all of baseball come to town. The New York Mets for a three-game series. I mean, they spent cash like drunken sailors during the offseason to try and get to the World Series. They haven't won one since before the Reds won a World Series. So with all the cash they're laying out, the Mets come rolling into town with a record of 17 and 18. Now, in fairness, they've had a lot of injuries, a lot, but one game under 500. That spending spree will be on full display starting tonight, right? They went out and signed two future Hall of Famers in their rotation, both of whom have been hurt most of the year. Max Scherzer starts tonight against Luke Weaver. Then tomorrow night, what a matchup tomorrow. If you love baseball and you want to go see a game at least on paper that has some juice, how about Justin Verlander tomorrow night against Hunter Green? First pitch tonight is 640. Hall of Famer Marty Brenneman will join us in a matter of moments to talk about the Reds and their 14-20 and 20 start to the year. All right, basketball. I mean, go figure. You just never know. All the stars, LeBron and Steph Curry and Anthony Davis and on and on and on and on, Clay Thompson. But last night, turning in a fourth-quarter performance unmatched by any Laker in a playoff game since Kobe Bryant. 
a young man named Lonnie Walker IV took over Game 4 of the Western Conference Semis, a 104-101 win for the Lakers, who go up 3-1 on the defending champion Warriors. Walker did not have a single point in the game in the first three quarters and then scores 15 in the final stanza. In fact, Walker had as many field goals in the fourth quarter as the entire Golden State team. Then there's LeBron James. Whether you like him or don't, 38 years young, he played all but two minutes of that game last night. 27 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Anthony Davis, a lot of people say the guy can't play well in the big games. He's delivered in this series, had 23-15 and 15 last night. Game 5 Wednesday night in San Francisco. Elsewhere, Jimmy Butler continues his unbelievable playoff run. He had 27. And it's an unbelievable run for the number 8 seed Miami. One went away from advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals after their win last night over New York Game 5 Wednesday night as well. Tonight, a pair of crucial Game 5 matchups. In the East, you have Boston and Philly. Which Philly team shows up? Which James Harden team shows up? That series at 2-2. Tonight, they're at the Boston Garden. And then there's top seed Denver. They're at home from Game 5 against Phoenix. The Nuggets jumped out, rolled all over the Suns. Chris Paul gets hurt. It's 2-0. They come back to Phoenix. And the Suns win the last two. So it's back on Denver's home floor tonight. Biggest story in town, former UC head coach, now West Virginia head coach Bob Huggins, used an anti-gay slur in an interview yesterday on Bill Cunningham's radio show on WLW. The situation is under review by both West Virginia University and its athletic department. And in NFL news, Trey Flowers left the Bengals yesterday officially for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Flowers hurt a lot, right? But a critical player in that Bengals secondary due to his physical size and thus his ability to cover opposing tight ends. And the Bengals are facing some big-time tight ends this coming season. In fact, the two very best, Kittle, Kelsey, during the regular season. All right, boys. How are we looking here today? I know we got Marty Brenneman coming on in a matter of moments. But, uh, Casey, you're all worked up about this Trey Flowers thing. I know we're going to talk about that after we talk about the Reds. But, you, I mean, you're all worked up today. Well, Trey Flowers. I mean, how many games did he play last year? Well, I think what – I'm not, like, worked up is a bit strong. But I do think they're going to be missing a, a very key piece to this defense that um, – that really pu pushed them over the top. I thought Trey Flowers was really good on third down against the tight ends, against the bigger-bodied receivers. Um, he just matched up really well against them. Yeah, he you know, did. I, I just thought that he would still find his way back on the Bengals roster because there's not really a guy on the team that I feel comfortable with in that role. And obviously, I mean, before Trey Flowers came – I didn't know what he would be, but in the Bengals offense, he played really well or defense. I'm sorry. He played really well in that third down situation. Um, and he, he was very, you know, he had a lot of big moments. I don't know if you remember yes, the, the Tampa do. Bay game. Yep. yep. Um, I don't know, man. I just, uh, we'll talk about it later, but I, there's not really someone on the Bengals roster at the current moment that fits his profile. So 
a little nervous about that. <laughs> Casey, is there anything that doesn't make you nervous about the Bengals? Um, no, I, I think I think that I'm confident in my Bengals succeeding. I believe in the staff that they've got in place in order to to get the best out of their players. It's just I, when you lose key pieces here and there or like when you lose Jesse Bates and Von Bell and then you're just losing another guy on the secondary it's like man this whole secondary is completely different it's just not even some of the the backup guys are going to be the same so it's just that that part worries me Chad suggests that we trade for Dewan Jones (laughs) to play safety (laughs) I was getting ready to say the same thing and I think that if Chad is hoping uh, by that comment now, see, I think he should get some props for that comment. Uh, I do, too. <laughs> I mean, I really do. You know, the initial reaction would be he's jabbing you and jabbing you hard, but that's playfully so. So he's got to jump right up to the top of the power rankings in my book. He was, and I have no vote on this deal. He was, what, second last week? So, I mean, I, he's doing really well for himself. I'll, I'll put it like that. He's definitely a leader of the Nutcutter Nation. Ooh, NCN. Where's the leader of men? Oh, there we go. Is that Chad? No, no, that's you. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, I'm (laughs) sure you get a lot of people to agree with that. I got to tell you, my dad was with me last night. Uh, You know, look, I talk a lot about, you know, uh, high school uh, sports and about Marymount lacrosse and my son playing there and that kind of thing. But, you know, um, you go to games and I want to bring in uh, my dad here because, um, he was there last night, and last night, Marymont played Elder in uh, high school lacrosse. And Elder, you know, superpower in just about every sport. They were a little later than, say, their brethren in the GCL, uh, Moeller and uh, St. X to the sport of lacrosse, but they have so many great athletes there at Elder. Um, and, you know, last night was an overtime game. Marymont won it in the final 10 seconds of overtime. Uh, but, you know, Dad, I, 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 I'm not trying to be, you know, overly sentimental here or any of that kind of thing. But, but last night, sitting there, is everything that is right about high school sports. It was clean. Uh, it was competitive. Both teams played their tail off. Uh, both coaches coached their tails off, all the coaches for both teams. High school sports are just still so amazing, aren't they? Well, they are, and I think we're blessed in this town, Tom, because high school sports are so big in this town, Uh, whether it be football, whether it be basketball, for our purposes, and because Luke has had such a great career as a goalie at Marymount, it's that particular sport. But I can say quite honestly that, uh, you know, I'll go to some high school football games in the fall, and um, I, I would have to say that in the short time, four years probably, that that I've been a lacrosse fan because of Luke's involvement. That's the best lacrosse game I've ever seen. Um, in terms of everything that you named, the game was cleanly played. Um, it, it was just a great game. Uh, Elder had an eight to six lead. Uh, and I, I think probably Elder would have been favored to win that game when, when they started uh, around 7.30 last night. But, um, when they got in front eight to six, and then when you think back on the way it ended with that goal with 11.1 seconds left in, in sudden death overtime um, to win 11 to 10, at that point, uh, Marymount outscored them five to two. 
and and the defense was good on both sides. It was just an outstanding game. And you're right. When you walked out of, of that stadium last night, uh, you had a good taste in your mouth. One, if you were obviously a Marymount fan and you were pulling for them, but even had Moeller, I mean, Elder made the goal that won the game, you would have still had a pretty good feeling about how well the game was played and how, yes, it does exemplify, um, at least in this town. And I can't, I can't comment about other towns because I don't know. I would have suspected the people in Cleveland would say the same thing or Columbus, uh, Louisville, Indianapolis, whatever the case might be. Um, high school sports are alive and extremely well here in the city of Cincinnati, as they always have been. I reached out. In fact, I was so impressed. And after talking to Luke last night, I reached out to the uh, elder athletic director today. And I said, hey, can I reach your lacrosse coach? And his name is Tim Gruber. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to commend him for not only how his team plays, uh, but the way they play and the way they're coached. And uh, it, it was fun stuff. All right. Let's uh, shift gears to the Red Legs. Uh, they lose two of three over the weekend to a White Sox team that has been ravaged with injuries. We had Steve Stone on the program last week. White Sox end up winning two out of three. Uh, the Mets are coming to town now. Before we get to the Mets, uh, you know, I, I got to ask you, you know, we've seen Graham Ashcraft pitch so well most of the time. We've seen Nick Lodolo kind of like this. We've seen Hunter Green a little bit like this. Um is is there pause for concern about these three guys in your mind right now, or is it just hey, that's what you get when you get very very young starting pitchers? I don't, I don't, I don't think there's pause unless something is going on with one or two or all three that we don't know about. Um, all things being equal, and and it is what it is. Um, I think that you know every team, you no, know, and every great pitcher. Uh, not to say that these kids are great yet because they're still somewhat unproven, but at the same time, their future is bright if they stay healthy. And I, I just think they've hit some bumps in the road. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, that's the worst start he's ever had, albeit in less than two years of Major League Baseball uh, competition. So I, I don't, I would not worry about that. The only thing that bothers me, and I, I know people say, well, you harp on it. And I said, yeah, I do harp on it because I said when the season began, I like what they've got, one through three. Four and five, not so much. And if those kids hit the bumps in the road that they have obviously had to deal with lately uh, at the moment, then that just compounds the problem that they have with starters four and five. Because if the big three can't do it in a, in a once through or twice through the rotation, and they have these problems getting people out or commanding their pitches, and now you got to go to four and five, then you're really in trouble. And and that's the that's the week that to me that and the lack of good defense is the is the two biggest weaknesses I think that this ball club has. Even though they're not a very good offensive club, they have next to no power to speak of. But I I just think that what's going through right now, what is happening right now relative to uh, Green and not well Lodolo and, and Ashcraft, and to a lesser degree Hunter Green, this is just something that pitchers, whether they're veterans or young pitchers, have to deal with. You know, I, I, Dad, the, 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 the hollering and screaming uh, about getting these young players up here, I got to tell you, you know, I, um, I ask myself the simple question, and I know there's a lot more to it than this question, if you're Nick Crawl and having to make this decision. 
But, you know, you're, you're six games under 500. Uh, nobody's expecting you to do anything. Uh, I just can't understand why they just don't go ahead and make the move. Doesn't mean you have to play them every single day. But especially with McLean and Encarnacion Strand, uh, and you can make the argument for Abbott, uh, not Cruz, not yet. But those two other guys, to me, are guys that look to me like they deserve the chance on this team, in this situation, in this season, to get them up here now. You agree or disagree? Well, I think <clears throat> I think you're going to see Abbott up here next week. They need a fifth starter next week, and I think I'm just I have a feeling that they're going to dip down to Louisville and bring him up to make his first major league start whenever that fifth starter need comes up next week, uh, or maybe it's this week. Um, the other guys, you know, here's the problem, Tom, and 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 I I don't disagree with what you say, but at the same time. When you say you don't have to play them every day, you have to play them damn near every day because if you're going to bring them up here, you got to play them. You can't have them sit on the bench. You can't say, well, we're going to start them three times a week or we're going to start them four times a week. You've got to stick them in the lineup and play virtually every single day. Now, where are you going to play them? If you bring Matt McLean up here, I think he's made six or seven errors. All of them have come at shortstop. He has not made an error at second base. You bring him up here and you plug him in a second, where is Jonathan India going? What are you going to do with him? You're going to put him in the outfield? He's never played the outfield before. I blame the Reds for this because if this was even a passing thought in spring training, they should have put Jonathan India in some games in the outfield in no spring training. No doubt about did, it. They did not do it. So that I don't want to hear that crap about, well, I don't know where we he's never played the outfield before. Well, why in the hell didn't you put him out there in spring training? Um, at third base, uh, uh, Encarnacion Strand has not been good defensively right. at all. So you're talking about bringing a kid up here with a team that's already a very poor defensive team and plugging him into third base. If you're going to bring him up here, you got to stick him at first base. They say yep. he's made some improvement playing there. So there are other factors that enter into this. Why don't you get him up here right now? You got to find a place for him to play. You got to commit to the fact that you're going to play him every day, and then you got to figure out what you're going to do with the people that they're going to replace at a given position. Well, you know, they, some people will jump in and say, "Well, why not move Indy to third? That's where you drafted him." Uh, you know, look, Steer is a guy who, who a lot of people are still high on, and the one thing you can say about Steer is. Um, a lot of people were wondering if he was a very good defender down at third. I think he has proven as this regular season has gone on that he has gotten better and better and better and better at third base. I can't touch him right now because he's still such a young guy. I got to leave him there, right? Yeah, but then that means you got to move Strand, uh, Encarnacion Strand to first, though. Right. That's, that's all well and good right now. But what happens when Votto is ready to come up here and play? Well, there, you got there, a problem. Well, they, they, they do have a problem, but I would rather have a problem with too many good players, and we don't know what they're going to do. I mean, look, the St. Louis right. Cardinals were thinking the same thing, and it's why I've always bought into the whole Bob Brindley thing, and you and I have talked about this before. When he was managing the Diamondbacks years ago, and people in the media would ask him about this guy at AAA and that guy at AA, he didn't mean it in a, in a, you know, a literal sense. He says, but those guys are all dead guys to me. They're not helping the major league club. Okay, so we don't know what's going to happen when they get up here, no matter what kind of billing and hype they have. But I would rather, if I'm David Bell, 
I mean, I'd rather be looking at Nick Crawl and saying, hey, do we have that many good players right now that, that there's no room for these guys? Yeah, we might have some situations and, and have to do some things or whatever it might be, but the more good players, the better. You know, I agree with you, but you can only play 26. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the big league roster, and, and before I forget it, you're talking about uh, the steer kid at third base. If they're if they're smart, what they need to do is plug Nick Senzel at third base and leave him there. That's the position that he should play on this baseball team. He has proven he can play it. His defense is good at third base. He's bounced around. Uh, and who I don't you know I don't know, but I I think there've been a combination of things that have really not. Uh, allowed this kid to become the player that everyone thought he was going to be out of Tennessee when he was picked number one by the Reds, bouncing around from 17 different positions and, and, and thrusting that at him right out of the chute after he becomes a number one pick, plus the injuries, I think it really impeded his progress. He would play third base for me on an everyday basis, and I would try to figure out what the heck I'm going to do with Spencer Steer in the process. The shortstop position, I, I'm, I'm still shocked that they haven't given up yet on Jose Barrero. Uh, this young man has, uh, you know, you look at him and, and his physical makeup is beyond belief. I mean, he has a body that guys would kill for. Uh, he's batting 220. Um, he's shown some power, but not enough. And uh, defensively, he's one of a number in that infield that, that really struggle when the ball uh, the hitter makes contact on a ball hitting the infield. Uh, I, sooner or later, they're going to have to fish and cut or cut bait in terms of what they're going to do with this kid and what his future is. But, um, uh, you know, you, you have a lot of players, and that's all well and good. But we know what the blueprint has been for teams like the Minnesota Twins and, and to a, 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 a lesser degree, the Tampa Bay Rays. You develop so much talent that eventually, if you have a position that's a, a glaring weakness, uh, you trade some of this young talent to get a veteran player who can plug that hole. Um, that, that may be the case with some of these guys down the road, but uh, I'd rather have too many good players and not enough. And potentially, they've got a lot of good players. Potentially, I said. Uh, I want to shift gears to the Mets. Uh, they come in town to start a series tonight, and I made the comment in the modern log. Everybody knows. I mean, their new owner, um, you know, goes out and decides we're going to spend whatever we got to spend, and it doesn't matter. We're all in to try and win the World Series. If you're a fan of the right. Mets, I mean, how are you not all in on that kind of thinking, right? Um, and, and these next two nights, uh, a lot of that spending is, is front and center, right on display with Scherzer tonight. Justin Verlander, Marnite, both have already dealt with injuries. They're older guys, obviously, uh, but they have a, left, a lot left in the tank. Um, at the end of the day, though, Dad, they're 17 and 18, and they've had a lot of injuries. Um, the pressure has to be building a little bit on Buck Showalter uh, to, to start to win. Uh, now, look, I know you're only 35 games into the year, but 17 and 18, I don't care what kind of injuries you have, that can't cut it. No, you can't cut it, but you're also treading water. I mean, you're you're essentially a 500 baseball team, having weathered all this, are trying to weather the storms that you have talked about, uh, most notably the injury factor and not having all your people uh, essentially healthy. I, I'm sure the Met fans are losing their minds over the fact that they are one under 500 at this stage, uh, but they do have 127 games left to play. 
So I, I would not be overly concerned about this team. I think once it gets healthy, uh, you know, who was it that said Casey Stengel or somebody look at his baseball card? Um, you see what these guys have done yep. when they've been healthy in, in, in their careers with other ball clubs or with the Mets, whatever the case might be. Um, I don't I, I would not be upset if they were where they are right now come all-star break time then I would be a little bit concerned about it but I don't think it, it not even yet in the middle of May to be overly concerned about the fact that they've not gotten off to the kind of start that everybody anticipated they would you know how fans are and they're, they're no different anywhere they 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 think that you, with all the money that Steve Cohen spent, I think their payroll is over $300 million yep. right now. Um, they, they should be undefeated right now. They ought to be 35-0. and 0. And That's a way the unrealistic approach that fans have. So I, I don't to, – to me, I would not be concerned about the Mets. I think they're in a very competitive division uh, with teams like Atlanta and Philadelphia, uh, people like that. And so I, I, I would not be at all uh, nervous about where they are after 35 games. Not a bit. Now, if they were coming in, if they come in here and lay an egg with the guys that they've got pitching in this series, uh, you, you, you have a right to be a little bit concerned because if they're as good as they're supposed to be, then uh, let's face facts. They've got to beat teams like Cincinnati and, and, uh, and Miami and, and teams like that, uh, it, it, but and we'll see how things play out when they begin that series tonight. You know, you look at Verlander and Scherzer both. I mean, both are going to the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt yes. about that. And, and really, Dad, I think we're getting a chance for Reds fans who might want to go down there. It's the only time these guys are coming into town this season, uh, and they're thinking about going down there. Uh, you're, you're really looking at two guys who are truly the last two, unless I'm forgetting somebody out there, and there probably is somebody out there. But for my money, they're the last two of the throwback generation of pitchers who when you hand Correct. them the ball for the first pitch of the game, you're going to have to fight them unless they're just having an off night and they give up six in the first two innings. But you're going to have to fight them in a 3-2-2-1-4-3 game in the eighth to get them out of the game. Tom, I'll always remember a game when the Tigers were in Cincinnati, I don't know, in 17 or 18 or whatever it was, and Verlander started against the Reds, and he had pitched an outstanding game, and he got into trouble in the eighth inning, and it was a close game, a couple of guys on base with one out or nobody out, and whoever was managing the Tigers called time and started toward the mound, and before he got to the third base foul line, and we, we could see read his lips, uh, Verlander's lips, uh, as the manager approached him out. He said to him, stay right where you are. There's no effing way I'm coming out of this game. And the manager turned around and went back to the dugout. How many pitchers do you have that adopt that type of philosophy today? Damn few. I'm a big fan of Justin Verlander. Uh, I'm a big fan of those, those guys that, 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 uh, that approach a game like, you know, I, you know, the chance of me pitching nine innings are not good, but my goal every time I take the ball is to go out there and pitch nine innings. Yeah, and, I mean, the kid, anybody, down in, yeah, the kid down in Miami a lot of people think is that way, and he's exactly. very, very young. I mean, and, and Al, some Al people. Contra. Yeah, and they've thrown out names like Granky and Kershaw. I, I don't know if not I would Granky. throw Granky and Kershaw in that category with Verlaine. I mean, the, Kershaw is going to the Hall of Fame. Granky, eh, he's going to be one of those borderline guys. But 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 I, I never looked at either one of them as a guy like Verlander or Scherzer, especially 
when you get in the postseason. No, absolutely not. I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I do. I agree with you. Kershaw will be in the Hall of Fame. Greinke, uh I don't think Greinke would be even considered in the same class with with Kershaw, other than the fact that he's been around for a million years, I, I don't. I have, no, I have nothing with me now that would be, answer the question. I don't think uh, Grinke's had that many complete games in the major leagues, um, so I, I would even put him in that category. Uh, he makes a Hall of Fame based on longevity and certainly outstanding years with certain ball clubs that he's pitched with. Uh, when I think of, uh, of Grinke, I think first thing I think that comes to mind is hired gun. There's no loyalty involved in him at all. I go where the money is. And God bless him for that. But I think less of a player that doesn't spend a considerable number of years, at least one time in his career with a club, but in looking to jump to somebody else as soon as he can get the hell out of town. So, um, but, but I know what you mean when you're talking about Scherzer and Verlander. I, I'm big fans of both of those guys. I got to tell you, I was surprised uh, when I was doing a little research before this interview to ask about some of these guys. I got to tell you, and, and because most of the time he's been over in the American League in Granky. I tell yeah. you what, you, you know, you look at his career numbers. I am just blown away. 224 wins against 145 losses and a career earn run average at 3.45. I mean, 522 major league starts in an ERA of under three and a half. Those numbers are pretty remarkable. Oh, there's no question. How many teams he played for? He's played for a lot. He's played, he played, sure came is. up originally with Kansas City, went to Milwaukee for a short time, was traded to the Angels for half a year, goes to the Dodgers for three, goes to Arizona for four, and then he's been in Houston the last one, two, three, three years before signing, of course, uh, to go back where it all began with Kansas City. And, you know, obviously, you know, last year when he did pitch, he pitched well for a bad team, and he's still out there this year. But, my goodness, I, I had no idea – that this guy was was almost 90 games over 500 with closing in on 225 wins. That's pretty good. Um, it's very good, but it also makes me wonder, he's been that good numerically. Why is he now with his seventh stop in Major League Baseball? Yeah. If yeah. he's been that good, you know. And you wondered about complete games. He has only had one complete game since 2017. He's never had more than one complete game in a season since 2010, all the way back with Kansas City. He had back-to-back -back years where he went six and three. But, you know, we're in a day and age now where That's every right. manager is looking at the third time through the batting order and getting them out of there until Correct. it comes for guys like Scherzer and Verlander. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I will see you uh, Friday night, Marymont v. Moeller. And, uh, mighty Moe. Mighty Moe. That's right. Mighty Moe. Just yeah. ask him. All right. All right. Well, have a great rest of your day. All right, pal, you guys do the same. Paulie, Casey, have a good day, boys. Hey, Dad, Dad, by the way, what do you? how do you think Casey looks in that uh, that Viking helmet? You know, a uh, hey, little, little, little bit short, a little bit short. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that helmet. But I know, obviously, Casey, there's a certain connection there. There's a bonding issue going on between that Halloween hat and, and the person. So, Casey, God bless you. If you feel more comfortable and confident 
in your life right now with that thing on, wear it to bed tonight, big boy. Your microphone is not on. Marty, you know, we got we to gotta give Casey some credit, Marty, because he has really come on strong here to the Reds, and he comes in here every day either in a Reds shirt or Reds hat or something, and he's talking about the rotation. He has picked up the game of baseball quickly here in the last three weeks, so it's, it's good on Casey. Well, you know what? God bless him for that. If he's become a fan of baseball, uh, and, and it, it, I, I have no argument whatsoever, and I hope that when the day comes and he exchanges uh, marital vows with that lovely and lucky young woman that he's going to marry, that he has that thing on his head. <laughs> We're still working on that one. Okay. All right, Dad. Have a great rest of your day. All right, guys. You too. Thanks. Thanks. Man. All right. Thank you. All right, Ham and Eggers, uh, you guys take it away. We got lots to talk about when we come back. I wanted to ask my dad uh, before he got out of here, doggone it, uh, about uh, it was a good question in the chat about the next winner of the Ford Frick Award. Uh, my dad gets to um, uh, vote on that. You, you, you can still you, ask him. Dad, real here. quick, before I let you go, uh, someone had asked, and I, and I don't even know if this is a fair question for me to ask you, uh, uh, not knowing who might be up, or is he still there? I uh, don't know if he's. He might wait a minute. Dropped. Oh, wait. He's coming. Hold on. Hold on. Might have been getting a phone call or something. He must have. A popular guy. Very popular guy. There I am. All right, let me ask you a quick question. I don't know if this is fair or not because yeah. you may not know who is on the um, who's going to be on the ballot for next year. Uh, and, and, and it rotates about modern-day guys and old-time guys and TV guys and network guys and local guys, all this kind of thing. Who is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame as a broadcaster that is still on that Ford Frick list to be voted upon that you think should be in there? Well, and that's a hard question to answer, Tom, because yeah. they do have – it's, it's done on a rotation basis, and, and it's so involved, it, it's almost hard to keep up with. You know, you have current guys uh, or the modern era, quote, then you have pre-19, I don't know, 55, and then you have – uh, the pioneers of, of Major League Baseball broadcasting, guys that, you know, you go all the way back to shortly after baseball was first entered into on a play-by-play -play basis on the radio. Um, and and yeah, as you mentioned, I'm on the all the living Ford Frick winners, along with people like uh, Bob Costas and Kurt Smith and, and, and uh, uh, people like that comprise the list uh, or, or the committee or whatever you want to call them. And we go through a process where we have conference calls and, and you know, baseball helps us. The hall helps us by giving us a list of guys who would qualify for that particular year and whatever era we're talking about. And then we go over that list and we pick in our own minds uh, who would stand out uh, more so than others, and compile a, a, a smaller list from the major list. Then we get together and talk about it, and we throw about throw out uh, comments, and we accept comments in support of somebody else. And then we go back and we vote. We, we pick 10. And then we submit that 10 to the Hall of Fame, uh, and they then number how many each of those final 10s from each of the committee members who get the most, and they're the final 10 that you determine who's going to win the Frick Award, and you vote on that final 10. Um, 
So I don't, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's a very involved thing that I think they have to address and they have to figure out a more sensible approach to this thing. And I agree. I've said all along, even when I went in in 2000 and I politicked and politicked and politicked about let's not forget those guys in the past because they're the reason why we are here today. Uh, guys like Franz Locks that nobody had ever heard of was a great Cardinal broadcaster. I think he's in now because they put some emphasis once every three years on the guys that, um, you know, paved the way for all of us to do what we did for a living. Um, but I, and I don't quite honestly at this stage, I don't even know what era we're going to be dealing with come uh, 2024. Uh, you know, Pat Hughes is going in. Uh, so this, this vote we took last year for this year uh, had to do with guys that are in the modern era, so to speak. All right. Didn't mean to throw you off guard a little bit there. I know that was a uh, late addition. So thanks again for uh, sticking with us. Okay, bud. Right back. All right. Love you. Have a good day. Yes, sir. All right, boys. Uh, Ham and Eggers, take it away. We're going to come back. We'll talk a little bit about the Red Series against the Mets. We'll talk a little bit about Trey Flowers because Casey's down in the dumps. And the NBA playoffs. And don't forget, coming up later on, we have the Tracer. At 11.30, best 30 minutes of television, Tracy Jones. Ham and Eggers, Mr. President, leading in the polls. Take it away. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Talk more about the Bengals here in just a few minutes because the schedule is coming out on Thursday, and the Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve. You're supposed to say efficiency and? Well, I just wanted to make sure that we knew what we were improving on both ends. Efficiency and productivity. That's right, Casey. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There is also... A fantastic new premium alkaline water out. We've talked a lot about it lately on the show. We talk more about it. We actually have some uh, some stories that we're going to get of, of why Pawnee water is so superior to other waters. And we're going to nail down all these details. Some, some of the stories that we heard last week. Don't want don't to share some of those things without making sure we got all our I's dotted, T's crossed and everything. But you know what? It's Pawnee water. And it's a brand new alkaline water. It's made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, right across the streets. Natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. Casey, you really should have done that zoom in live. I should have. You should have done that whole thing live. It would have been like a scene out of the office. The result is a healthy alkaline water. As I said, that's the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website at pawneywater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I water. Dot com, P-A-H-H-N-I water dot com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF, drink Pawnee water, bet with Bedfred, and get your technology solutions from Encore.tech. We have well, we have a couple super chats to talk about. <coughs> Bless you. Whoa. Um, yes, it is possible for more than four strikeouts if the uh, catcher drops a third strike. That's right, KC. You can have 10 strikeouts in anything if you want. And then, uh, what was the other one? Thank you, Mascot. 
I said, bless you. Oh. <laughs> and then Nutcutters for Life. Let's go, Nutcutters. Nutcutter Nation. Who said that? Oh. Oh, Nutcutters. Yes. I saw there was a Nutcutter for Life Twitter account. Got yeah. created. Followed me yesterday. Followed all of us yesterday. All of you should go follow that account. First fan account for the chat. AJ Worst wants to know if we're getting Pawnee seltzers. It's a good question. I have to ask the guys at Pawnee That's about that. That's a good that. question. I'm sure that they are hard at work at making the best product they possibly can. And if that includes seltzers, then I guess that's So does. be it. Yeah. Uh, how about these NBA playoffs? Just night after night after night. They are Continue so to deliver in a huge way. And yet again, last night, Lonnie Walker, the Lakers, LeBron, is 38, still getting it done. Love that the Lakers are winning this series. I think it's fun. I think it's good for basketball. We're seeing this series. It feels more competitive than it is at 3-1 if you're just looking at the series lead. But it's a fun series. It really is. All, all these series have been really good, if you ask me. Um, there's a couple of bad games here and there. But yeah, for the most part, it's been very, very great. Very, very great. Saturday wasn't them. great. But other than that. Tom? <laughs> What's so funny, Tom? Your thoughts? I just saw some of the chat stuff. Just unbelievable. I mean, it really, really is. It's just it, I, I give a lot of credit to a lot of you guys. Um, you know, great sense of humor. Little demented. <laughs> Little demented. Got some issues out there. <laughs> but you know, back to the NBA playoffs here for a second. You brought it up, Paul. You know, let's start with where we are in in each of these series. Okay. Rarely do you see what happened last night out of just a role player, right? I mean, the NBA is a league of stars. You could say every league is a league of stars, but they really built the entire, rebuilt the league back when Bird and Magic and Jordan. And those guys were coming up, and you had those incredible robberies, the, you know, the, the Pistons and the, and, the, and the Celtics and the Lakers, and you had all this stuff with the 76ers to a slightly lesser extent. But you had all these different great players, Dr. J, and on and on and on. But they've continued to build their league through the stars. And now they've got a set of stars, by and large. Let me take a couple out that, you know, the John ja Morants of the world. But... But, I mean, when you look at that series, and we talked about it when the playoffs started, the series you wanted to see was the Lakers against the Warriors. You wanted to see another round of LeBron against Curry. And Curry's gotten the best of LeBron through the years. In fairness to LeBron, Curry had better teams than LeBron. LeBron beat him one year in the playoffs. Curry got him the next two. Um, and now the Lakers are up 3-1. But I just find it amazing. Paul, you watch a lot more basketball uh, than I do, but I've been watching basketball my entire life, and, and, and I love the game of basketball. Um, it is just so rare that a guy like Walker last night would even be getting the ball to shoot the ball in the fourth quarter of a game like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you could tell the way the quarter was going. Uh, he kept building confidence, building confidence. I, I can't remember which broadcast. I don't know if it was Brian Anderson. Somebody made the comment. It was kind of the same way with Austin Reeves, too, the, the Laker point guard, that had a slow start, 
slow start. Wasn't having a great series. He was averaging nine points a game in the first three games of the series. And then last night went for almost 20. I don't know if he got 220. I know he was around 18 uh, right toward the end of the game. But LeBron gets him into the rhythm. Reeves starts heating up, starts scoring more. Lakers just look good. They they look more diverse from their scoring options. Anthony Davis is still not the performance that they really needed out of Anthony Davis. Not as involved as he probably should have been, but they still won the game, and that's important. Well, 23 and 15 ain't bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. 23 and 15 is not bad, especially that rebounding number. But when you're talking about somebody who's liable to go for 30, 35 plus. As he's done in this series. Consistently in this series. You know, I'm wondering if the Lakers would want him more involved than 23 and 15, as crazy as that sounds. On the other side of the coin, you know, you look at Golden State, and here's a team that with Steph Curry, Draymond Green's been around there during this whole unbelievable run, borderline dynasty. Um, Clay Thompson has been there. He's had to come all the way back from serious injury, still an outstanding player. And they bring in some young guys, Poole and so forth. But with all that experience, that team wilted in the fourth quarter last night. They wilted. Well, and then what was Draymond Green doing on that last possession? He leaves his feet and throws the ball right to the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, you know, whether it was, and look, everybody can have a foul up, but remember early in the, in the last series when they didn't have a timeout left, Golden State, and Curry calls a timeout, right? And all of a sudden you give a chance. The other team gets a ball. They go to the free throw line. You give them a chance to win the game, which they did not do. They missed a final shot in that game. Uh, against the Kings, a series that went seven games. But, you know, they they just, the Lakers really look good. I, we're going to give the props where they deserve to go. The Lakers have looked good. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just about to say that, in my opinion, you know, this was a, a night where the Warriors were already off. I mean, they were 29% in three-point shooting. And then the, the Lakers didn't miss a free throw. 20 for 20 is... Impressive. That's amazing. That's impressive. Yep. Um, which made the difference. I mean, the game was only decided by three points. So, I mean, I would I would go as far as to say that I, I understand where you're coming from, that the Lakers won the game and that you should give them props, but I almost feel like it was actually the Warriors that just lost it. I mean, one one extra three, and then they're, they're tying the ball game, right? So, I, as much as I, I think that that they deserve the win and that we should give them kudos. I do think that there it's like a two things can be true scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you only had six, they only scored golden state. They only had six field goals in the entire fourth quarter. And this was a team we've seen in games this year where they've scored 40 points in a quarter. I mean, six field goals. So then there's Miami. I, I got to tell you, Nutcutter nation. There are only certain guys that entered the nut-cutter nation starting lineup. And I'm telling you, maybe number one on that list is Jimmy Butler. That dude is a player. I like Jimmy. I also like Bam. I've uh, I've actually bet on Bam a lot over the the betting NBA season. I don't know if people can remember. I kind of went on a little stint there for a while where I was just 
betting on uh, the the PRA. You did uh, on Bam a lot. I really love the trade for Kevin Love. He doesn't. He's a role player, but you know, I I like a lot of what the Heat did in order to to make a push here. Tom, what are the requirements for the starting lineup of Nutcutter Nation? Listen, you got to be a guy. And look, I don't agree with a lot of the things LeBron James might say, but he's entitled to Sam. And that's the one thing about this show. And we talked about this before we went on the air today. There was going to be a chance in the chat today, okay, because of the Bob Huggins thing, that there was going to be all kinds of stuff in here. And we were talking about, are we going to just, you know, ban that kind of stuff in the chat? No, we're not. We're all about the free speech stuff, okay? Say whatever you want, okay? You want to go out and you want to be mean, you want to hate people, you want to be nice, you want to, you know, whatever, that's on you. Not me, but you're not going to be banned on this show. But we get to, um, or unless you've banned somebody already, Casey, did I miss something? Because the PB's <laughs> ghost is in here saying that you're all over his case. His uh, or her I, case, I, I don't know who that is. I, I didn't ban PB's ghost, but... Uh, Nathan, who is my father-in-law, banned him because he was disparaging soccer. And we, there will be no such talk of disparaging <laughs> You're soccer. starting to ban people who say they don't like soccer? Well, Casey's not. Are you kidding me? Better. Well, inadvertently, I'm, I'm not the one doing the banning. But my, my party, my loyalist party, is following through for me. <laughs> better, better watch your disparaging comments about soccer, Tom. Yeah, I better. I, I mean, you know what? Maybe I should be banned. I mean, hell, in some circles, I am already. Uh, but, but back to the LeBron thing, and you asked the question. Look, just being 38 years old and knowing the second that you step on the floor, whether it's a regular season game, whether it's a playoff game, and this is in any sport out there. But we're talking about LeBron James, and you asked a prerequisite for Nutcutter Nation. Who's in the starting lineup, right? Right. When the L.A. Lakers walk on the floor, and they come out of the locker room to do their layups when the game is, is maybe 10 minutes away from getting started, right? They've been out already, but now they come out, and everybody's sitting in their seats. I guarantee you 95% of the eyes are all watching LeBron James. Is that fair to say? Just watching him go through the, the, the layup line, right? Whether you've seen him one time in person or whether you've seen him 10,000 times in person. All eyes are on LeBron James. He's 38 years old. He is in incredible physical condition. Unbelievable physical specimen. The expectations for this guy every night are through the roof. And to have to live up to that every single night and to go out there last night and only sit down two minutes in the entire game where your team is playing the defending champions and you have a chance to go up 3-1 in the series. He might miss shots. He might turn it over. He might do whatever. But at the end of the day, he is there laying it on the line and delivering the goods. There are a lot of guys playing hard. But they don't have the expectations that people have for LeBron James. There is that weight on his shoulder every night, and he carries it like Hercules. Jimmy Butler is the same thing for the Miami Heat. He walks on the floor. All eyes are on him. Everybody on the Celtics know when it matters, this guy is a guy who's getting the ball. He's the guy. Now, whether he elects to shoot it, shoots it and misses it, shoots it and makes it, wants to pass it off, whatever. And they step up when it matters 
the most. Does that mean you're going to win every single time? Because some people will point to LeBron and say, well, look how many um, championship series he's lost. Okay. All right. That's fair. But, I mean, can you guys imagine what it must be like every night? And, look, he's paid a gazillion dollars, okay? I'm taking that out of the mix. I don't care what kind of money he makes because, in my opinion, he can't make enough for what he's done in LeBron James I'm talking about. But can you imagine the expectation level of that guy every time you put on a uniform and put your sneakers on and walk on the hardwood? Unbelievable uh, uh, expectations for a guy that has been touted as the greatest of all time, right? LeBron, what LeBron does, to your point, Tom, night in and night out, performing at the level that he has performed at. And I know the argument with him and MJ, when you look at the, the somebody posted the double-digit scoring record for uh, LeBron the other night, that he has scored double digits. He has scored in double figures in more consecutive games than Michael Jordan ever even played in. Wow. There's some truth to just the fact that he's got longevity and he played, you know, Michael Jordan played in college and LeBron came right out of high school. You know, there, there are a lot of mitigating factors there, but LeBron has been hurt and he's missed some time now as he's gotten older. But we're talking about somebody that for the vast, vast majority of his career never missed extended time, was in the lineup every night. Just every – and, and I'm so tired of people saying that he isn't clutch I don't. I think oh. that I think that argument has died down because that was a lazy argument a couple of years ago, a few years ago. But I think that's kind of calmed down. It seems like every time, whether he's the one actually going to the basket, I know last night he missed that three, but the Lakers won. He he made the winning plays when they needed to be made, finding open guys, whatever it is. LeBron just knows how how to go out there and win. He's never been in a controversy as, as far as like a, 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 right. a criminal controversy. That's right. I know he's he has stepped into the political world where people would hope that he hasn't he, he would not step into, and I understand that. But he's never really been mired in any kind of major big controversy. Yeah, and in fact, yeah, he's fact. done a lot more good. Way right. more good. I mean, the school he opens in Cleveland, the stuff he does for people all over the country is is fantastic if you don't like lebron now you're just you're just a hater like there's nothing you there you don't have anything you're either a lebron or a, a michael you're a bulls fan you're from chicago and you're a bulls fan and you're a big michael jordan fan I don't but that. even if you're a jordan fan like i yeah. i i personally am a if you want to talk about like the two of them i'm a lebron guy i don't hate jordan and I'm not trying to get into the LeBron and Jordan debate here. That's not at all what I'm trying to do. I'm just pointing out that, like as Mousecop says in the in the chat, the LeBron haters are running out of excuses if they haven't already. And the excuses that they come up with now, they're just they're tired. They've been worn out. It's like arguing Xavier in Cincinnati and Xavier fans say that UC's championships came in the '60s, and then UC fans say no Final Four. It's like we've already we've all heard the same thing. Yep. Let's think of something new, but nobody can think of anything new. Let's just move on and accept the fact that LeBron is one of the two greatest basketball players of all time. And the fact he's still doing it at 38, that's the whole point of what we're talking about here. What's, 
Yeah, what's crazy, well, and kind of what you were asking us before is like that expectation of every game performing, and he just manages to, to do so. And in yeah. like, wait, I'm sorry to cut you off. Steve Ross, Jordan never lost a series in the finals. James has lost multiple finals. Yeah, but go back and look at how many times Michael Jordan lost in the first round. Up until two years ago, my, LeBron had never lost in the first round. Well, now, in fairness, uh, How, what do you I want? was living in Chicago in those days. And, I mean, this is before Pippen came along and Horace Grant came along and some of these guys that he played with. I mean, it Jordan was the whole team. So is LeBron. Le, LeBron's playing. What about Pippen? No, I said those opening round losses were before oh. Pippen got there. Yeah, but go back and look at that 2007 yeah, Cavs like, team that LeBron took to the finals. That team had no business being in the playoffs, and he single-handedly. Right. I mean, they got they got killed. But they weren't the, playing. They weren't playing. I mean, again, now you got to try to. And I hear what you're saying. It's a valid point. But you got to look at who they were going up against at that point in time. I mean, Jordan's team. When, when he was there before Pippen and Grant and all those guys came along that I mentioned, Steve Kerr, many, many other, Bill Wennington, on and on and on and on, uh, Tony Kukoc, uh, they were playing the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Of Bill Lambeer and Isaiah Thomas and, I mean, Joe Dumars, right? And they're playing the Boston Celtics with Larry Bird and all, I mean, I don't know who the champion was in 07, but they weren't the Pistons or the Celtics. That was the Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, man. But that would Ginobili. be the finals. You weren't this playing first. them in the first round. Oh. You're saying that's who they lost to that year. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, LeBron got to the finals yeah. and they lost the Spurs. Yeah, and that I was think. a great team. Two Hall of, right. Three Hall of Famers, right? Le- Le- Parker, Duncan. M- Manu. Manu Ginobili. The, then four Hall of Famers. Well, who's the? Robinson. David Robinson. Oh, yeah. Right? Wasn't he on, Was that, he team? on that team? I don't remember. Oh, if he's San Antonio, it had to be David Robinson. In 07? Yeah. Ugh. I would think. Uh, take a look at that. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, I'd have Mouse to take Cop a look. Mouse Cop would know. I know Mouse Cop's a Cavs fan. Okay. He would know. Um, let's see. I agree. Okay. With, I, the one comment on here is what I agree with the most. AJ, comparing the two is tired and pointless. Let's just be thankful that they existed. And that we were able to watch them. If no. anyone was able to watch LeBron or, da- or Michael Jordan. David Robinson wasn't on that. That was Parker, Duncan, Ginobili. Bruce Bowen was on that team. Okay. okay. Uh, Michael Finley. Michael Finley. Yeah. Robert Ory. Robert Ory. Yeah. Robert Ory. Yep. So Robinson must have just been gone. Boy, what a player he was. That's a guy I'd love to get on the show sometime. I mean, our chances are probably slim. And he, yeah. Robinson retired in 2003. So he'd yeah. been gone. Gosh, a couple what a years. he was. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, this takes us directly into and in talking about expectations, okay? And, and you asked about Nutcutter Nation, who's in that starting lineup. Now, again, this isn't hating, okay? But this is the difference between a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame and two guys who are going to the Hall of Fame, okay? They're both going, LeBron James and, in this case, James Harden. Phenomenal player, Right? Phenomenal yep. player. I mean, he's unselfish. Yep. He'll give the ball up. He's an outstanding passer. One, one of the great scorers in the history of the league. No two ways about it. But just look at this series alone. He's had two great games and two terrible games. Right? That's not to say a guy 
has to play great every night. But doesn't it just seem like when you're going to separate yourself from being in the starting lineup of Nutcutter Nation, there are enough night, off nights at Nutcutting time. No. Right? You right. can't disappear. And Harden has disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, this series, meanwhile, Boston and Philly. How do you see this one going? They're 2-2, game five tonight at the Garden. Is Dwell back? He's playing, isn't he? Is he back yet? I haven't been been keeping track of that game specifically. If he's playing, I really want to see them win. I really do. I I don't know if they can do it, but I really want to see them win. Yeah, I'm all about the Sixers here. I'm all about the Sixers. You think the Sixers are going to win? Uh, I want them to win. Why? Because uh, I just I think that the Sixers deserve to get paid off for this process. That well, trust the process, Tom. I think I think that uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it deserves a payoff, and it's a fun team to watch. When Harden is on, he's really good, and he's a lot of fun, and kind of the same with Embiid. Yeah, and plus I I'd like to see Harden have a chance to win a championship so would i yeah has he made it to maybe once was he he was on that finals team uh with the thunder that what is it that you guys like about Harden personally i'm not saying that there's not a reason to not like him i'm not saying that i'm just saying i've never found him to be a warm and kind of fuzzy guy not that any of them are for that but but when i look at lebron like i said even though i might disagree with a lot of things he thinks and feels and speaks about but there's a lot to like about LeBron James, right? Family man. There's a lot to like about Steph Curry, right? Yeah. What yeah. is it you like about James Harden? I mean, I guess I wasn't coming coming from a place personally where okay. I like him, you know, as a person. It was just more so that I think players at his level, and you could argue that maybe he's had an overhyped career, but I, I still think he has had a good enough career uh, that – he deserves a chance. A player like him deserves a chance at some point in their career to really compete for a title. Cause that thunder team uh, back in 2000, whatever that was 11 or 12, where they lost to LeBron in the heat, that team never stood a chance. And this, I, I would like to, this Sixers team, if they got to the finals would compete for a title. Yeah. And it's one of the players that if he were to win a ring, then there's not really an argument for, like, oh, he was such a great player, Let's, but he, he didn't win anything, so we got to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. And I don't think that's necessarily fair for him. I mean, there was times on a terrible Rockets team where he was just dominating people, just dominating. Well, he's also a shot getter, though. Like, he's just going to chuck, you know. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's somebody that's going to get his stats up. So some of that you got to take with a grain of salt, but still – yeah, I I do think I lean more toward wanting to give Harden a shot here at a legit with a legit team and a title. But look, Harden's a polarizing guy. A lot of people really don't like him. A lot of people think that his career has been extremely overvalued. I'm not sure I can make a a real legitimate argument against that. But when he's been on teams like this and when he's played to his strengths and his role and really stepped up in big moments, he's a fun guy to watch and and I enjoy watching him play on good teams and dominating games, and that's what he's done a couple of times in this series. 
Jimmy Butler, meanwhile, now there is a guy that when you watch him play, uh, we've said it. I mean, he, he just it, it's all out there, man. And, and many, you know, his story's been told a lot. And, and there's a reason, I think, to like Jimmy Butler. The stuff that this young man has overcome in his life and the way he grew up down in Houston, Texas. I'm not going to sit here and give you all the details, but go look him up. Go look up Jimmy Butler's story and the way this guy grew up. And even through high school, after he'd been kicked out of his own house, right? Uh, and abandoned by his family. Um, to get to a junior college, because nobody wanted him. To get to Marquette after the junior college. He went back and finished his degree uh, at Marquette while he was there. Uh, has come through extraordinary injuries since becoming a pro, Right? And, I mean, the guy, the, the, the guy is just, everybody has a story, right? And, and stories can take you in different directions about people, you know, where they did this and all of a sudden they went off the reservation a little bit, but then they come back. You hope they come back, right? Uh, and then some people, sadly, they, they drift off the reservation and, and they never come back. But... Um, whether it be through circumstances they created or circumstances that they had no control over. But a guy like Butler, the intestinal fortitude that he has shown in his life is just, I mean, he, he is the polar opposite of LeBron James as a high schooler. LeBron James was on the cover of a Wheaties box in high school, right? Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Butler probably didn't have enough money to buy a box of Wheaties when he was growing up in high school. Uh, and, and for both of those guys to be where they are now, mind-boggling. All right, Suns, go ahead. I had, oh. No, go ahead. Well, well, while, let's finish the NBA first. All Come right, real it. quick. Where do you think they are now? Because I, I think the other series that is so intriguing is Suns v. Nuggets, right? Yeah. Let's get Chris Paul a title. Just finish talking about Harden. Let's get... He's not even playing. Let's get Chris Paul a title. Yeah, but... but I, nah. I, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Nuggets are going to win this series, right? Well, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think they can lose at home, do you? Denver, I'm talking about. Yeah, I think this is Denver's series to lose. Even, well, though, it's, even though it's tied, I think it's Denver's series to lose. That's if Jokic doesn't get oh, suspended. Yeah. Did you see that about... Uh, Matt yeah. Ishbia? Yeah. That was a wild scene. It was. I, I thought it got really blown out of proportion. Yeah, I mean, you guys, it, yeah, it was I, a little, you know, but I mean, it wasn't like. Well, and then how about them kicking out that one fan that came up and like barely touched <laughs> Jokic? Yeah. Just because they, you know, they have to kick somebody out. They can't just let that whole scene go. That's without, right. You're so right. So they have to kick somebody out. Yeah. So they get the one poor guy that comes up and just like, sort of like gives a little tiny shove to Jokic. Yeah, well, he he's out of here. Everybody else, nah, we're good. But, you know, the thing, the thing that I liked was the owner of the Suns, and you got, you got to remember now, okay, the, 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 the Suns franchise, and I used to live out there, the classiest, best boss that I have ever had in my life was Jerry Colangelo, who was a former star basketball player at Illinois going way back, became the youngest general manager in the history of the NBA with the um, – Phoenix Suns, left the Bulls organization, went to the Suns, gets out there as a GM, right? Uh, ends up getting part of the ownership of the team when they went through their drug scandal in the 70s. 
He takes over controlling interest of the team ultimately and then builds this empire in Phoenix as the city is exploding. He buys the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was my boss there. But he is considered, if there's a Mount Rushmore of basketball executives, I'm not so sure that Jerry Colangelo's face is not on that Mount Rushmore before anybody. He's been the head of USA Basketball, just retired last year, hired Mike Krzyzewski to be the coach uh, of Team USA after going through years of getting their tails kicked, right? I mean, this guy is class personified. When he owned the Suns, he used to sit about five or seven rows behind their bench. You wouldn't even know he's there. Then Robert Sarver comes in by as a team. He is sitting right at midcourt on those courtside seats. He's standing up yelling and screaming, which he's entitled to do. He owns a team. He can be a fan. But really rub people the wrong way. I mean, I remember I was at a playoff game, and he's yelling stuff at Tim Duncan. I mean, come on. Who's yelling at Tim Duncan, right? He never bothered anybody. So Sarver rubbed people the wrong way. They, they, they run him out for multiple reasons. None good. Um, and then this guy takes over. So where does he sit? Did you see where his seats were last night? Guy could be sitting at midcourt, right? Owns a team. Now he's sitting in the front row, but he's down there in the corner. And, and I love the fact that after all of that happened, he came out and said, look, for anybody that's thinking about this guy getting suspended for a game, no chance that should happen. That was big league move, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, he, he tweeted and said, yeah, Jokic, there's no way you can suspend Jokic for that. I don't know why Ishbia felt the need to hold on to the ball. And if he doesn't touch the ball or if he just lets the ball roll back onto the court, none of that ever happens. It's kind of a weird, kind of a weird move. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a nothing burger here. It just let it go and move on and no suspensions, no punishment, just, just a weird thing and something that people will remember, but nah. Casey, did you just have something to Casey, add there? You Casey's got like something he's doing on. So I, I'm really torn. I'm really torn right now. Um, this is completely off topic, but it just shocked right. me. We're, to, we're, it's an open, open forum here. All speech. Welcome. Chad Waits says, as a Goshen, Ohio alum, I'd like to bet that we can have a bigger fire and drink more beer than Mueller alumni. Well, Chad, there's a big problem here as a Blanchester alum. We don't like Goshen. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Are you telling me that Chad is down on the power rankings? He was really high up there. Oh, I no. I didn't know oh, you were a Goshen alum. Oh, no. Oh, come on. Goshen's a great place. Come on. Mm. Mm. Don't compromise on your morals, Casey. Mm, that hurts. Wow. Is that going to be taken into effect? Taken into account, I mean? It, it is. Wow. You, should have, you shouldn't have said it. Oh. I mean, look, you know, uh, Richard from Indian Hill, nice to have him back today. He jumps in and says, as a Moeller alum, I'd like to bet a six-pack of Wiedemann on the Marymount v. Moeller lacrosse game this Friday. Well, look, Moeller is a huge favorite in that game. Huge. Big Division One superpower, you know. David versus Goliath. Well, I mean, I don't know about David versus Goliath, but you're talking about, yes. I mean, they have more boys in one graduating class, and that's what you use to determine what division you're going to in. And unlike football, lacrosse only has two. 
But I think Moeller has as many, because all boys school, I think they have as many boys in their senior graduating class this year as Marymont has in the entire school. 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grades combined. So perhaps David versus Goliath. Oakley greater than Indian Hill, says Sir Boy Wonder. Sir Boy Wonder is a big Oakley guy. He is a big Oakley Speaking guy. Speaking of Sir Boy Wonder, he's also a big Ohio State guy. And speaking of Ohio State and LeBron, Bronny James going to USC, not going to Ohio State. So he's going to go out there and play with one of the best players in the uh, class of 2023, Isaiah Collier, who chose USC over Cincinnati. And he's also going to play alongside Boogie Ellis, who's going back to USC for the year. So that's going to be a stacked USC team next season. Thoughts, Tom? You know my thoughts on this. I do know your thoughts you on this. You know my thoughts on it. But, but you know what? And, and my son, Luke, I mean, he was the one when I made the comment last night. And he said, I cannot believe LeBron's kid's going to SC. He's like, what do you mean, Daddy? He's lived there the last four or five years of his life. He's going to high school out there. He likes it out there. He can play down the street from his dad, right? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Dad can come watch him play every game, or a lot of games anyway, not every game. There'll be schedule overlaps, college and pro. But, uh, you know, I wish he'd have gone to Ohio State. Uh, his dad has said if he would have gone to college, he was going to go to Ohio State. But I get it. I totally get it. Don't you? Oh, I, I – yes, 100%. How does USC draw in basketball? No. Do you know? you have any idea? No, I mean, I watch all, not all their games. I watch a lot of their games. Uh, decent. I don't know what their average attendance number would be, but they got a good – I've never been there. On TV, it looks like they have a nice facility. Yes, it's relatively new. Yes. Yes. It looks like they have a nice facility. I don't know what practice or anything like that. I'm not going to get in the weeds there. But the actual arena that they play in looks nice. You know, they're, they're – I don't get the impression that Bronny is a one-and-done unless he really has a great freshman season and then some NBA team – just purely wants him so that they can get LeBron too. But he's not a one-and-done talent. We're talking about somebody that's a, a top 40 recruit, but it's not like he's Isaiah Collier, guy he's playing with. Collier is a stud. Bronny could be, but he's not at that point yet. Well, good for him. The bottom line is he's going to have a chance to play college basketball uh, on somebody else's nickel. And so, uh, good for him. What is all of this stuff? What? On the chat about people getting uh, banned. Well, Casey, what in the world is Casey, going on? I mean, seriously, what's going on? Casey threw, Casey threw Chad in timeout for talking trash about Blanchester. He'll be back. Casey wielded that hammer yet again. There's no way, Casey, you did that. Casey wielded he the said, hammer. He is said no Blanchester Athletics was you, terrible. We didn't ban him. Dude, he didn't he, ban him. But I am speech. You see my hand? I'm shaking over here. We're all about free sweet speech. Those in the center, those on the right, those on the left, we're all an open forum here. If he wants to badmouth Blanchester, he can badmouth Blanchester without fear of being banned. Casey, I thought you were on board with this. I do have the screenshot still on my desk on my laptop here from when Casey banned AJ Worse. I have the original screenshot from a month ago because I knew things would spiral. 
So that piece of Chatterbox history does reside on my desktop. I can't post screenshots in the YouTube chat, but it's there. Okay. People, people know. All right, we have uh, Tracy Jones coming up in 10-ish minutes. Yep. So what did you – you were getting ready wanted to go back to something else. Was it Bronny? It was Bronny. Is yeah, that yeah. where you wanted uh, to go? Because we were talking about the Lakers. I finished up the NBA. Yeah. Okay. Um, want to touch – get back real quick to one of the stories we talked about early on here, and that being uh, Trey Flowers. Right? Yep. So we always ask the question on this show. Now – I don't know because I'm not a defensive coordinator and never will be. I don't know how important Trey Flowers was to Lou Anarumo and his defensive scheme at the end of the day. Okay? If they had to make a big play on a third and six, okay, and the other team's best pass catcher is a tight end, the importance of having flowers on that guy to stop that third and six or third and seven or whatever. Now he's gone. Casey, I turn to you because you are all Bengals all the time. Is this really a big blow? Um, I would say that it is a... It's not a huge blow, but it's bigger than what people will make it out to be. Mainly because of his role on this team and what he was asked to do. I mean, he was he was asked to cover Mark Andrews. He was asked to cover Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that now those snaps are, are gone. And I, it's not like it's completely going to change the look of this defense. Don't get me wrong, but for what they were asking him to do, he did very well. And when he was on the field and doing those responsibilities, you always felt like he was going to do a pretty good job because he had just shown time and time again that he was pretty good at that. And I don't know. It's not a huge loss, but I think there's not a person on this team currently that fits his measurables in terms of size. You know, he's like 6'2", six, six, two, 260, almost more like a linebacker. He, he, I think he's like 210, right? He's he's built like a safety almost, right? 6'3", yeah, 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 yeah. And he he uh, had some pretty, pretty long wingspan, um, was able to, you know, whenever Kelsey or Andrews would box someone out – he could reach around like he, he had the length to not let that affect him as much as it would other people. Six, three, two Oh five, two Oh five. Go yeah. ahead. And so he, he's just, I think that's going to be something that we miss. I don't know if someone's going to be able to fill in that role as well as he did. Um, he was also a pretty physical presence in the run game too. Don't, don't get me wrong. He was, he was a pretty, pretty good run defender. Um, but you know, I, I think we'll miss him a little bit because okay. it's just another guy in the secondary gone. It's just another guy that you got to train up in that position and in that role that, you know, otherwise you wouldn't have to if you just kept him. So um, that's where I stand on it. it. It's it's not like it's a terrible loss, but I do think that they're going to miss him. 
Okay, 2019 was his best year. He, he started as a rookie with Seattle in 18. His best year was 19. Two-year starter, then got hurt, started 7 out of 12 and 20. Comes to the Bengals after starting the year in Seattle. Played well, 11 games, one start. Then last year played in 15 games, had 27 total tackles. So he's not on the field a lot. Uh, he had one fumble recovery, and he had one pick. Uh, I would like to think... Size being key here, though, like you talk about, he is an extraordinarily, you know, physical big guy, and that's what Seattle liked for a long time from their corners, Richard Sherman, et cetera. We'll see how much he's missed. We will find out. Uh, but it still gets back to the question about, are the Bengals better today than they were last year? Schedule is coming out Thursday night. We're going to talk a lot about this tomorrow, or Thursday, rather. And ask the question, want to hear from everybody in the chat. I know you guys talked about it. I think you said a little bit yesterday or no. Did you talk about this a little bit yesterday, about the schedule uh, and the season opener, who you want well, it to be? Well, you know, what we did was I, I had everybody give their top three games that they are looking forward to this coming season, no matter when they happen, just the three games that we know that are – because we know the opponents, just don't know when they're going to happen – what three games, regardless of time and date, are we most looking forward to? I said Chiefs number three, Bills number two, and then whichever Ravens game is the primetime game, number one. Cheated a little bit, but. I like Bengals v. Ravens on Sunday night season opener. Ooh. Reed made a good point that he said the, uh, he said the, what did Reed say? He said, oh, the Reds are in town that weekend. Maybe the yeah. Well, I mean, if, if it ends up being a home game, maybe you see a prime time game. Yeah, I mean they've had they've had deals down there where one o'clock Reds game, eight o'clock. Oh yeah, Bengals game on a Sunday night. Um, that that's what I want to see. I know some people want to see the Bills, uh, maybe even on the Monday night. Right? They do a doubleheader that first weekend. Uh, ESPN I think does on that Monday night. Uh, some want to see the Chiefs open the year in Kansas City. I'm not a big fan of that. With all the changes in the secondary and that kind of thing um, for week one, rather see that game maybe with home field advantage on the line in December. But we're going to talk more about this. OJ's 94 Bronco, he keeps talking up the Rams. He really thinks the Rams are going 9-8. He does. And there are a lot of people that think the Rams are going to bounce back this year. I mean, I predict a bounce back, but I don't. <laughs> nine and eight's a good a good number for them. Okay. Nine and eight's a good number for them, but I I just don't know uh, if one of those wins is going to be against the Bengals. Okay. We'll see though. All we'll right. see. All right, Ham and Eggers, take it away one more time. We got Tracy Jones right around the corner. You're watching Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Ham and Eggers, leaders of men. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. So, it, Chad brings up the king of the road game. That's the, the Goshen versus Blanchester football game. Okay, so I am obviously extremely unfamiliar with the Ohio high school landscape of Blanchester and Goshen. So, can you just kind of fill me in here? We don't need to spend too long on it, but just... Just what What do you want to know? The history behind the... the... Well, I just mean, this is just a rivalry. Is this... Yeah, it's a rivalry game. We, we actually have, like, a, I'm pretty sure there's a trophy involved. Um, Chad, you can 
correct me if I'm wrong, and, and Thomas, if you're in here, there is a trophy that you win um, for the the King of the Road game. Um, they're just like they're probably the closest school to Blanchester. They're like 10, 15 minutes away. Okay. Um, we play them every year. Um, you are they, taking a lot of heat in this in this chat right now. I am. Your your chat power rankings are going to be the most controversial power rankings we've had yet. They will. So, so we have you this week. Then it'll be, I guess, Reed back next week. Then maybe we go, maybe we rotate back to a rotation. I don't know how we do that. But so that's that on 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 Goshen. Yeah, the the real spirit cat kind of kind of uh, has got it pinned down. Hillbillies versus hillbillies. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyways, thank you, Chad. Thank you for forgiving me. I just have a lot of pride for my Blanchester hometown. Fair. Fair. I'm sure Reed would, would be banning people left and right. We talked mm. bad about his Baden Rams. I think Reed would be banning people left and right if they talk badly about his Ross Rams. Probably. Probably. Reed's got a big game tonight. Hamilton and Baden baseball. Or so I hear. That's what he was telling me. Reed's going to let us know if he's going to take any of that equipment down there. Let's do the game. Is he broadcasting the game? I think that's what he said he was po possibly going to do. Oh, okay. I thought he was just I don't know if he's going to go through with it, but it's a possibility. Casey, I need I need you. Am I okay sitting here? I get I'm I'm nervous now sitting next to you. Am I am I safe? Because I don't feel safe. Well, don't talk crap about my Blanchester Athletics. I, trust me, I would not dare. If you do that, then then you'll be sorry. I wouldn't dare. You know, Reed sent me down a rabbit hole last night trying to go back and find my high school stats for baseball. Couldn't find much. For your could not your find much. Stats? Well, he when he was talking yesterday when you were trying to do the cherry on top and he was trying to find like some footage or whatever. I have I don't have one single piece of video evidence that I played high school athletics, which is a shame. I'm really disappointed about that. The more I thought about it last night, but I spiraled trying to find any kind of stats. Found my pitching stats, and that was about it. Here's how bad the defense was. Not to, you know what? I'm not even going to throw my team under the bus. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take ownership. I let the guys hit the ball. If I was going to throw anybody under the bus, I would say that I allowed 20 runs in 35 innings my senior year in five complete games. I'm, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm taking ownership for the fact that the guys got the hits against me. If I was to throw anybody under the bus, I would say that I think I only allowed six earned runs or seven earned wow. runs of those 20. I think 13 of them were unearned runs. Because that's the kind of defense we were rolling with, but I would. So you are kind of throwing your teammates. No, I would never do that. No, well, I would never do that. Well, I would well, never do that. Tom. We would never. Do we're going to ask Tracy about that when he shows. I would up. never do that. I want you to save these stats and ask Tracy his thoughts. I'll pull up my. If he was a position player behind you, and you made those comments, say after the game in your meeting with the press, what would be his re reaction to this? I. Uh, I, I do have I, – so I, I, I pull up my max preps. 
I, I, I was not a, I was not a hitter at all. I liked pitching, and I wasn't even all that good of a pitcher. But I was at least a better pitcher than I was a hitter. I, yeah, I, my senior year, I played, I pitched in seven games, or sorry, pitched in five games, complete game in all of them. I had a three and two record. And I had my last game, I had 10, oh, I had 10 strikeouts in my last game. I never thought I got double digit strikeouts. Cool. Thanks, Reed. Give me a little pat of confidence. He was talking about that yesterday. He was trying to find my high school stats. He couldn't find them. So I, I found a page. That's all I had. 57 and two-thirds innings, 3.76 ERA in my high school career. Opponents hit 258 against me. Did we wish uh, Reed a happy birthday yet? I think we did on the show. I, okay. Maybe not. Happy birthday, happy Reed. Happy birthday, Reed Mouse. I mean, he's getting hammered in here once again by the player formerly known as Mouse Cop. That drama never ends. A couple of thoughts before we get to Tracy here. And those are good numbers right there. I give it up. You know, I give it up. One of the funniest moments of my high school career. And look, again, I was not a good pitcher. I was serviceable. Well, you, you were good. I was serviceable. You were, maybe not great, but you were good. I That's was pretty damn good. I give it up to anybody. You complete games, I give it up. I was, so go ahead. I was serviceable. You can be humble. But I will say one of the funniest moments of my high school career was it was senior year. We were playing one of the best teams in the state. And one of the points of pride that I had for my entire baseball career was that I had never allowed a home run as a pitcher. Little League, nothing. Had never allowed a home run. So we're in the dugout at one point. One of my friends comes up and he goes, isn't there some kind of stat that you've never given up a home run in your career? I go, yeah, you know, it's something I, I really take a lot of pride in. No joke. First batter, I think, next inning. Guy hits a ball that we found the next day in our science <laughs> class out in the pond back behind the field. Tough break for Paul. Didn't get mercy ruled in that game, though, so we're good. All right, I want to continue in this vein for a minute as we welcome in our good friend, the best 30 minutes of television twice a week, Tracy Jones. Tracer, first of all, good morning. How are you today? You looked at me in Southern Tommy? California mode today once again with a T-shirt. I am. I am. I am. Hey, listen, before we go to your question, I've got something for you. And it's kind of a serious note, but the whole Bob thing, Bob Huggins thing, what irony! Weren't you asked to speak at to Bob Huggins' team about how hurtful words can be? Right? Obviously, Huggins didn't hear that, did he? He didn't. He didn't listen to your speech. I just think there's a lot of irony there, and I, I thought of you because I was on a Twitter feed, and boy, your name came up a lot. And I just want to get, what, what, what would you do, Tom? Do you think he deserves a second chance? What do, what do you think happens with Huggins? You know what? I'm doing everything I can to try and remove, remove myself from this situation. Yeah. Because, you know, I have tried very, very hard to, uh, if there is such a thing, right my wrong for what I said. And it's terrible. And what he said is terrible. There's no question about that. I've done everything I can uh, in the LGBTQ community with many leaders here in this town. Uh, to meet with them, to talk with them, yep. to listen to them over the last three years. I've tried to right my wrong. Um, yep. You're never going to make everybody happy. Uh, but now all of a sudden, you know, because uh, this situation has come up, uh, you know, uh, I I'm back out there uh, in many, many ways. And, and uh, you know, wish it wasn't the case for him, wish it wasn't the case for me, wasn't, wish it wasn't the case for a lot of people that this is going on right now. Right. Uh, you know, so um, I, I've just tried, you know, I got everybody and his brother asking me to, to make a comment about it. I mean, we, I'm not going to making a comment about anything yeah. on it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And, and I apologize for catching you off guard. No, 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 no. Don't apologize because I'm sure there are a lot of people that were tuned into the show today expecting uh, that to be the situation. And, and I'm just, I, I've tried so hard to, 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 to try to move on in my life and from everything that happened with me. I know what, what he is about to go through. Um, and um, there are a lot of people that are hurt um, yeah. on, 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 in all uh, any number of ways, in any number of groups of people, however you want to put people into groups. There are a lot of people that are, that are hurt about this, and I sympathize with them and, uh, and have compassion for them trying to get through this whole thing. Yeah, Tom, I, I think all of us would agree there's certain words you just can't use, right? You can't use the N-word, right? You can't use the N-word. You can't use the F-word, two F-words, actually. And you can't use the W-word. And I mean, I think those are words that you cannot say. Well, there's no doubt about it. And, and I mean, you know, um, no question. No question. All right. And, and, you, uh, and, you, can't, and you can't say the H-word. You can't say that word either. Don't make me say it, Tom. And well, I you think you're use... leaving a lot of people hanging. I, you're, you're not going to make me say these words on air. Do you want me canceled? Do you want No, I, I definitely don't because I've been through okay. it. I don't want anybody out there canceled. Okay, let me. You know what? I like to take risks. I'm going to do it. The W word, whitey. Cannot stand when people call me whitey. The C word, cracker. I don't like that word either. Okay. And the H word, honky. Don't like that. When George Jefferson used to call his next door neighbor, Tom, <laughs> the one that dated the black woman, called him honky. I was very offended by that, Tom. I love George Jefferson. That's my kind of guy. I love George Jefferson. Him and Archie Buck are both, I mean, I got a kick out of both of them, right? Why not? Yeah, people are a little more sensitive nowadays. Well, they are. They are. And, and there's no way you could have that, uh, those kinds of television shows. And it's a shame because I think there was a yeah. lot to be learned from those television shows. A lot to be learned from someone who is a bigot or is a racist or whatever it might right. be. You can learn uh, and grow from it. But we don't want to do that anymore. Um, right. Okay. Uh, I, I want to ask you about Paul here for a second. Because he was just ripping off some of his numbers as a pitcher in high school. And I'm going to let him speak to what he just said. Now, Paul, don't change the narrative here. Yeah. Go through what you just said about one of your starts and the amount of runs and then earned runs. Please continue, Tracy, all of this ultimately leading to your reaction if you are a teammate of Paul Fritchner and you were playing left or center or right field, and then he's approached after the game by the media, and he says the following. Paul? Tracy, again, let me make it abundantly clear here. I would never, ever, ever throw my teammates under the bus. They're good friends of mine. Would never do such a thing, okay? Let's get that out of the way first. If I was to ever make a comment like that, what I would say is that in three of the five starts that I made in my high school career – I had, I gave up nine runs and one, or three of my five starts my senior year. Nine runs, only four earned. Then the next two starts, I went four runs, all unearned. Three runs, all unearned. I am not saying that the defense you behind me let me down. You are changing the narrative. I am not, I'm not saying Casey, that. Is he changing the narrative? 
He's changing it a little I'm bit. Not, he I would, is changing I would it. never throw anybody under the bus. I'm simply pointing out the fact that my defense didn't exactly pick me up. And I think anybody that played with me in high school would probably laugh at that. You're not, you're not pushing them. You're just lightly nudging them under the bus. I'm, I'm, I'm lightly kind of... Well, someone said that he's pushed him in front of the bus. He just hasn't backed over him yet. Nah, maybe. I, th <laughs> I think the worst experience senior year was the fact that we were going to win the senior night game. And we had a guy playing left field who didn't usually play left field. I got a routine pop out to left. And I was starting to run back in the dugout to, you know, get my stuff in the game, shake hands and everything. Then I realized it was not our regular left fielder. And he just kind of pulled a sandlot. The ball dropped over his head and we lost the game. So I would never again, never again, I would not throw anybody under the bus. I'm just, I'm just relaying stories. Tracy, your thoughts, if you were that left fielder, and after the game, they asked Paul, hey, Paul, how'd you pitch? Well, man, I mean, I, you know, I gave up 13 runs, but 11 of them were unearned. How's that on me? Well, first of all, if I was playing left field, I'd have caught that ball in my back pocket. The guy would have been taking a right turn back to the dugout. Paul, I have nothing. Uh, there's nothing wrong with what you said, if that's true. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're, you should have said, I can't win this game all by myself. I, I used to say that in high school. <laughs> I can't do it all by myself. I need a little help. And here you are busting your ass. You're doing a great job. And these guys, they don't care. They're booting the ball. They, they should take a hit. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I didn't have, this is going to surprise a lot of people. I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. I, Tom, are you surprised with that? Yeah, I don't. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, I, you know, I, I've gotten the feeling uh, contrary to that, in fact, uh, because, you know, I mean, you were the guy. Oh, I was the guy. I got most, I got most athletic my senior year, but I also got most conceited. And I remember it really bothered me. And I remember sitting in my room and I was just kind of down and, and my mom says, Trace, what's the matter? You seem down. I says, well, they voted me most conceited. And my mom turned to me and says, Trace, that's because you're the only one in the school that has anything to be conceited about. And wow. Wow. So yeah, that's how, that's how my mom worked. She was straight up. So Paul, the point is, I, I can't believe we're talking about your career, which I think is not very becoming of you. But hey, you're being honest. You had no support. Yeah, so it goes. It's okay. We still won three of those games. It's all right. I don't know, Tracy. You are the same guy. Now, listen, you know, I, I, I talk about this all the time. The reason we have you on the show, could you fill in this blank for me, finish a sentence? Because I played the game? Because you played the game. Thank you. Yeah. We did not. You did. Okay? But you're also a guy who has said on this show, because we listen to what you say here on Off the Bench. You're also a guy who in the past has said, hey, I don't want David Bell to publicly reprimand some player for playing poorly. You don't want him saying it to the press. But you're all okay with, with Paul, you know, basically, as we said, maybe not throwing his teammates in front of the bus. Maybe he threw them there, but he didn't run over them. But you'd be okay with that. I don't get it. Well, I, I would be upset if there was a routine fly ball to left field and my left fielder couldn't catch the ball. Or there's a routine ground ball to the shortstop and he boots it. Yeah, I got no problem. Now, the manager, you can't, the manager can't criticize his players. I do agree with that. But what Paul did in high school, 
um, you know, and you can tell it still bothers them after all these years. I mean, I bet she loses sleep over it that, you know, they made a lot of errors behind him when he played. Grinds my gears a little bit, I'll be honest. I watched that last play of the, the senior night game a little too often sometimes. It's brutal. I, I have a question for Casey. Casey, uh -oh. can I? Uh-oh. Uh, Casey, here we yeah. go. first of all, here we go. Casey, has your fiancé asked you to sign a prenuptial agreement? We talked about this one time, okay? I want to know that. And I'm also thinking about not going to the wedding and just doing the bachelor party. Because I find that weddings are like funerals. They're very depressing. Of course, you know, you have a few drinks at the wedding. It's a good time. But, Tom, speak to this. It's all downhill after the first day, first night, don't you think? Well, I don't know about the first night, but it's not too far down the trail. Because <laughs> things begin to change. I mean, we, we understand how that works. Casey, any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I, I, would be, I would be sad if you didn't come to the wedding, but... We would be glad to have you at the bachelor party, Tracy. It would be a whole lot of fun if you were at both, though. Okay, here's a question for you. How much should I spend on your gift? Ooh, that that's, I'm a, struggling that's a good with. question. That's a very good question. And I got another question for, for you, Tracy, after this in that same vein. Go ahead, Casey. Um, You're registered, did you say, at Target? Yes. Okay, love Target. Yes. It was just in there the other night. Um... I, I, whatever he feels appropriate for a ham and egg, like myself. Yeah, that's a lame answer. At least yeah. five dollars. I mean, like at least five dollars. You know, five is five is a lot. No, we know, you know that, that it's that's... not going to be five dollars. It's Tracy Jones. Okay. Well, that he's I, not going to spend five dollars on your gift. But what is two dollars? I, I shop at the Dollar General, so five dollars. That's five five things. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a reasonable amount. Well, what happens if I do this? I know we're having potluck. That's what we're going to have. What if I bring a pot roast or something? That's perfect. Is that good that's enough? Great. I think that's good. I think that's great. I think you that feeds a lot of mouths. Well, in Biden inflation, that might be tipping it up around 100 bucks. It probably Ooh. is. It probably, probably is. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I like the idea, Tracy. I think you should bring a pot roast or potluck meal to the to the wedding, and I think that'll be good enough. You know what I'm going to do? You know you're going to get a bobblehead, right? You know that the bobblehead August 16th that you all's uh, Florence game, August 16th, Tracy Jones bobblehead. So you're going to get a bobblehead for you and your fiance. I mean, what did you just say the name of the team is? You all's. It's it's not you alls. You you hate when I do that, don't you? Yeah, I do because it's just y'alls. 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 August sixteenth, Tracy Jones bobblehead. But you know what? I, I think I'm just going to write you a check. How about that, Casey? Would that be all right? Yeah, that's fine. You know, let me let me ask you about that to follow up because uh, you know. Our son is getting ready to graduate from high school. Casey, you're getting ready to get married. Okay, Paul, probably getting married within the next decade. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I would After say... After the Taylor Swift concert. Yeah, that's right. Maybe that night. Um, but, but here's the deal. Seriously. Because I, I go back and forth with my wife, Polly, about this all the time. When it comes to graduation presents, right? And our son... A lot of buddies he's grown up with, play sports with. 
you know, there's about seven or eight of them that we're going to get graduation gifts for, that kind of thing, right? Uh, your wedding, okay? I always say to my wife all the time, when it comes to young people, and they can be young people in high school, they can be a young person who had a bar mitzvah, they can be a young person who uh, is getting married, right? Like you, you two are. I say to my wife all the time, cash is king. There's nothing yeah. better than getting some money and spending it on what you want to spend it on. How do you guys, she says it's tacky. Oh, I disagree. Just, just cash? Yeah, I mean, no, you know, no, she says it's no. kind of lazy. No. No, cash no. is king. I cash agree. King. You don't have to convince me. Tracer, what do you think? Oh, Danae's not a fan of giving cash. Uh, no, she is actually. I mean, all right, all there's right. not much. There's not much thought going into cash, but especially being young, are you guys going to have that dance with your fiance that they put, you know, money in the garter belt and all that kind of stuff? You're going to charge for parking, right? We're doing that. Yeah. What else are we doing? Potluck money. Potluck. Uh, Potluck. Yeah, we're, the, we're the, the doing coat the shoe shining, right? Well, the <laughs> Tom, Tom's kid's doing that. Did he pick up some extra bucks? Yeah. 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 Bring Lukey over. He can shine everyone's shoes. And I think, I think we're, uh, aren't we, um, if people bring coats, right? We've got, we've got some people. Nobody's going to wear a coat. It's summer it's June time. 3rd. It's June. Oh, might rain. That was one of Hopefully the options. Not. Knock on wood. Well, isn't that usually good luck if it rains? No, I'm so sick of the people that say it's good luck if it rains on your wedding day. That's just you mentally convincing yourself that you didn't have a bad wedding day. <laughs> they say it's good luck because it strengthens We night. had a little bit in the Arizona desert. I was married outside, mm. and it never rains in November in Arizona. Oh. And just as she was coming out, a light rain, and then all of a sudden it stopped. Yeah, there. See, it's there magic. you go. Magic, not, magic in the air. There you Tracer, go. magic, wedding day. Yeah. Well, then after it, you know, a week later, you know what? We had our <laughs> wedding, a second wedding, at a vineyard in Temecula, and it was, it was an incredible wedding. It really was. But what happened was someone stole the gifts. A few of the gifts. No that were way. On the table. Yes. No way. There were like five gifts taken. And so that really put a damper on things. You so had gifts the... taken from your yes. wedding table? Yes. You know how you put, them on, how, on, you put them on the table? And someone, I think from the vineyard, came and, and took a few of the gifts. That wedding, and this is going to sound really bad, $47,000. Talk about a waste of money. That's oh, a waste most. of money. Yeah. So you're okay at the end of the day to tie a ribbon on that, Casey, with a little cash? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Cash is the best gift. Yeah, cash is going to be great, especially because Alex and I are going to be leaving straight from the wedding, pretty much, and going on our honeymoon. Private plane? Tracer lending you his plane? No, no, yeah. no private plane. But uh, Casey, Nancy Pelosi lending you her plane? No, seven hundred grand worth. No. <laughs> hey, Casey, I thought yeah. you were registered at a flea market. Did I get that wrong? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> at Target. Okay. I wasn't we're, sure. I thought we, it was we, we went a little higher than the Dollar General. Did Tomas ever put together, because Tracy hasn't been told, maybe Paul's been told, I haven't been told, I know there's a date. Is there any itinerary yet 
Next weekend, if I'm not mistaken, is a bachelor party, correct? Yes. So Okay, I, so what's I, on the somebody in the chat said it was going to be um let me see, because it might be somebody who has some inside information. It was going to be putt putt and full throttle. I can confirm that is not the case. So the plan is that we're going to go have this bachelor party this Saturday. So that's the 12th, right before Mother's Day, just so we can get tanked up and get through Mother's Day hungover, okay? So we're going <laughs> to... I like that term. That was we're, funny. We're going to go to the OTR and go... So then are, are we fast-forwarding now? We're not talking about this Saturday. Are we fast-forwarding to the bachelor party? Yes. Next weekend. This, the, the, this, weekend. this weekend. It's this Four weekend. Days. Four days. You're kidding. See, I mean, how in the hell are we supposed to be there and we don't even know when it is? Or maybe that you want it that way. You don't want Tracy to know. No, no, that's not it. I was going to tell him today anyways. But anyway, let me let me say this too. Yes, it is this Saturday, but it might get pushed back to next weekend. Because a lot of people are not able to go or um, oh, no. are backing out. So oh, it's no. Mother's Day the next day. You Yeah, it's God, Mother's Day but, the next day. It, it's I'm not showing a you want to be hung over around your mom? You're selfish. Your 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 marriage is never gonna last. He brings up a great point there. Nathan Hines, the father in law, says I don't even know where it is, when it is. Well he oh, probably should he even be invited to that? Yeah, I invited him. He knows. I told him it was this weekend. I just didn't know what time, like the actual time. Casey, we got to get this together, okay? I mean, I don't know what kind of buddy Tomas is, okay? But nobody has. Tracy's right on this one. You know, you're going to see your mom. You're lucky to have your mother alive. Mine passed away a long, long time ago. You're going to see your mom the next day. And you're going to have to step away, you know, maybe sometime between a little brunch and, and maybe a cup of coffee and go throw up. Yeah, yeah. Good point, Tom. I mean, right? who is this Tomas J.O.? Who is this guy? <laughs> you know, Casey, and I should have t taken you up on it. You asked me to be your best man twice. Remember when you said, came to me and said, Trace, can you be my best man? I really should have taken you up on it. Yeah. Because Tomas, being a second choice, he's not doing the job at all. He's not. He need to fire his ass. He really is not doing a good job. No. He's trying his best. I'll put it like that. He's trying his best. It's a lot. I. It's my fault, honestly, because it initially was just going to be the bachelor party that was going to go somewhere. That didn't work out. Then I started inviting other people, and he wasn't in communication with them, and he had all this stuff planned out, and I, I just threw a huge monkey wrench into everything. And Dude, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> this is no longer joking around anymore. I mean, you are three weeks away from getting married, and, and there's been no definitive date. I mean, even sitting here now, there's not a definitive date and plan for your bachelor party. Well, the definitive date is the 12th, but it might get pushed back wait, because... Wait, wait, wait. The 12th or the 13th? 13th is Saturday. 12th is Friday. Okay, the 13th. Okay. The 13th. It, 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 the plan is for it to be the 13th, but we've ha we had some people not say what they're going to do yet. Um, had some people back out, so... How many people are coming to this, this event? Uh, as of right now, there's only like five or six people. 
Oh my God, you got less friends than me. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like, I want to say 10 people that have not said if they're going or not. Oh man, we got to get these. The people got to know they got RSVP. Tomas is not like RSVP, but like tell people they're coming. Tomas has jumped in the chat. He says, Casey just doesn't know the details on purpose. He's trying to make it a surprise for me. Tracer, what was your bachelor party like? The first one or the second one? Either one. Doesn't matter. Um, you know, I didn't have one. I didn't have a, a bachelor party. Kind of sad. I told you I didn't have any friends. It's tough to have a bachelor party when you got no friends. Well, you had to get married in the off season, right? I did get married. I, you know what? I do remember. If you really, we went to a strip bar in Orange County. Uh, my brother got a big fight with a bouncer, and the guy who played with Shaquille O'Neal at LSU, Roberts, I think. Do you remember a guy? Yes, yes, big Robert? guy, monster, big Stanley guy. Roberts, guy. Stanley Roberts, Stanley Roberts. So we're getting this. It's like five on five. And Stanley came, and I talked to him during the night, came and gave me the, a bear hug, and it was like, I couldn't move, Tom. I mean, he's like 6'11", wasn't he? Oh, yeah, and Every, maybe 7'1". Seven, seven, he was a monster. He was almost as big as Shaq. Yeah, I think he was playing for the Clippers maybe at the time. Okay. okay. So that's what I did at my first batch. So I had a big, big-ass fight. My dad got into the fight. It was uh, not a good, you know, too many cocktails. You know, you start getting those beer muscles. When I have tequila, we got problems. You give me vodka, I'm a nice guy. I'm a lover. Give me tequila, uppercuts. Okay, last thing. Last thing. Casey has told us, if you remember, that in his that at his wedding, there's going to be beer and wine. Um, will you be, you know, bringing with you a little Grey Goose? In my flask. Yeah. I have a flask. Yeah, I will be bringing Grey Goose. Or if you want me to have a little excitement, I can fill it with tequila. That's probably not a good idea. I want you to have a great time, Tracy. Whatever you feel like bringing, that's what you should bring. I had some Grey Goose over the weekend. You don't really notice the difference. You, you didn't buy it, though. Someone bought it for you. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't buy it. Uh, I had some over the weekend. had a Moscow Mule with, with Grey Goose in it. You don't really yeah. notice the difference in the vodkas until you actually have like the gray goose. And then you're like, oh man, this is, this is good stuff right here. It's like flying yeah. first class. And then you don't want to go back. And then you can't, and then you right. realize but, you're poor and you can't afford it. But not all of us right. are you, Tracy. Right. Just know your limit. You know, you know, I think the, uh, the Smirnoff is good for you and, and Casey for Tom and I, we like gray goose. It, I mean, it, it is like I, I, I'm not a vodka guy. I, I've only had it. Oh, I don't like take a straight shot of it, but I, I, I have only had it in my mixed in my drinks like two or three times. And I always forget how good it tastes until I actually have it. And it's it's good stuff. It's okay. good stuff. All right. OK. Tracer, we appreciate your uh, thoughts on everything I wanted to get into with you today, but we're not going to do it. We're going to have to do it after each guy pitches uh, this week in the Mets Red Series. Uh, to get your thoughts on guys like Verlander and Scherzer, but we will save that for Thursday. How about the payroll, real quick? The payroll for the Mets, yep. three hundred and fifty-three million. Active roster for the Reds, 
$70,624,000. And Joey Votto makes up 36% of that payroll. Strange. And yet the Mets are one game under 500. And so the Yankees have the second highest payroll, and they're also in last place. And they're Not 10 good games baseball out. 10 yeah. games out. Crazy. I'm telling you right Crazy. now, telling you, Aaron Boone is going to start feeling the heat. He's going to be the first yeah. manager in baseball for a big-time, big-market team. And I love Aaron Boone. Yeah. Um, but he, he's going he's gonna to start feeling the heat if he's not already. Next time, can we talk a little baseball? And I'm not talking about Paul's career and, and his lousy team. We don't need to talk about that. Right, Paul? That's right, Tracy. That's exactly right. We'll All talk. Right. That's my fault. That's on me. That's on me. Uh, I'm just messing with you guys. All right. Tracer, I'll see you Thursday. Thanks for the time, my man. All right. See you, boys. Take right. care. There you go. He actually came to your defense, Paul. I know. I appreciate that. I am that. stunned. I do appreciate that. Like, sincerely, I do appreciate that from Tracer. I am stunned. Uh, great point by Brian B., who, by the way, is taking the credit for hashtag NCN yeah. seconds after I said it. Brian says he was the first one to put it up. But he makes a good point. He says the St. Louis Cardinals manager, Mr. Marmol, might be feeling the heat the most right now. We right? have a cherry on top before we get out of here. Of course, let's do it. Fire it up, Casey. How's that go? Chat GPT, AI generated, got asked, who are the best Major League Baseball players since 2000? This is the list that Chat GPT came up with. Do you agree? With this list, I'll roll through it real quick, one through ten. Uh, Mike Trout. Since when? Two thousand. Okay. Mike Trout. Just for people listening on podcast, Mike Trout one, Pujols two, Jeter three, Bonds four, Cabrera five, Kershaw six, Suzuki seven, Randy eight, A Rod nine, Mariano ten. Hmm. A lot of great names there. Those are probably the 10 best names. Are they in the right order? I, I, don't, I don't think they're in the right order. I There's, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't think they're in the right order, but, but uh, I, I can't argue with any of the names. Um, Pujols and Bonds are one, two for me. And you can put any order you want. Bonds is number one for me. I, I hear you. I mean, the guy never got pitched to. He wasn't allowed to swing the bat. You, you know, some people are saying roided up, whatever it might be. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, those are great names. Ichiro uh, is the, ga the, the guy on that list who, who probably, along with Miguel Cabrera, more than any other names on that list, gets overlooked. Uh, there's no way Clayton Kershaw was Randy Johnson. No chance. Great career. No chance. And A-Rod, I just, you know, that guy was one hell of a player. He was really good. I mean, he was. Where's Ken Griffey Jr. on that list? Maybe just because it was post-2000. Yeah, yeah, probably right. Probably right. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, but Miguel Cabrera. Boy, could that guy hit. Um, okay, fellas. Well, um, we got a lot to talk about tomorrow. I'm wrestling with a guest tomorrow. 
a potential guest for tomorrow. And I don't want to leave anybody here and sit here and leave them hanging on who it might be because I, I, I'm wrestling with the decision. Really wrestling with it. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, um, we will be back here tomorrow, good Lord willing, at um, 10 a Case, do we have anything coming up after this show today? Not right after this show, but we do have Chatterbox Reds later on tonight. Trace and Nick Kirby. Yes. Trace is out of town, though. Yeah. So he, yeah, he he's has, down in Nashville. Yep. So how is he supposed to watch a Red game? Reds game? MLB package is streaming on his computer or what? Yeah, he's got it on his phone. He's got MLB TV. Okay. All right. Good enough. All right. Um, all right, boys. Uh, we'll recap the Reds, Mets tomorrow. Casey, great job. Paul, great job. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. All right. We will see each and every one of you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Tuesday.